We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, ladies and gents, boys and girls, Thursday, October the 20th, 2022. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. I see John Edward, Travi, Dre, Braddock, Travis Allen, Jeff Gullich, Chuck McIntosh, Erting, Irie, Connor Lee. What's going on? Also, all those in the Big Cock Club Discord. Head over to the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel, to be sure that your questions are answered there. Again, guys, as always, I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show, and we are here taking your questions, your comments, and your calls, 843-790-3377. Again, you can call that number, text that number, whatever you like. Uh, also, we do have J.C. Sherbert joining the show at 115. So this entire first hour plus some is going to be all of your questions, comments, everything you guys want to discuss. <clears throat> now, as you all know, because I see Jeff Sweat, what's going on? Uh, I see Travi ask, what is the hot topic today? Okay, what is the hot topic? And I'll just say this. You guys know I, I, I am very transparent with you. I believe in being genuine and not hiding things. So I'll just say this. I'm not going to spoil my prediction today or tell you all exactly my prediction, right? That will be for the podcast tomorrow. We can talk about that more in depth on Daily Crow. But I will say this. I've been doing my Texas A&M deep dive, um, and I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. I know it's a, it's a very popular thing right now amongst Gamecock fans to be doom and gloom. It's a popular thing amongst Gamecock fans to be woe is me and you know, we, we, this fan base right now acts like the jaded ex, right? We're jaded because of our ex. We've been in toxic relationship after toxic relationship after toxic relationship. Hell, being a Gamecock fan, no matter the sport, is a bit of a toxic relationship, bit of an abusive relationship. But we're finally in a relationship where we're treated well, yet we still don't know how to act. That's what it comes off as to me, right? I look at it this way. South kind of football, and I know I'm diving right into things, right? I'm diving right into things. And before I do, I guess, let me go ahead and tell you about our friends at Prize Picks because, hey, they're the ones paying the bills and keeping the lights on. But uh, friends at Prize Picks, go download the Prize Picks app, go to prizepicks.com when you do use the promo code. TSUS, 
you're going to receive 100% deposit match up to $100 with our friends at Prize Picks. And of course, guys, it's prop plays. You can play everything from college sports, MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL, NHL, you name it. They got it. So many of our listeners have made friends, or excuse me, made friends. So many of our listeners and friends of the show have made tons of money. I guess you can make friends too, but you probably want to make money with our friends at Price Picks. That's what you'll do. Again, go download the app or go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS. You're going to receive 100% deposit match up to $100 with our friends over at Price Picks. Again, back to what I was saying. <clears throat> I know I'm diving right into it here on this uh, on this Thursday, but. Again, I just don't understand for whatever reason. Like, I, I I know that Gamecock fans have been disappointed time and time and time again. And that very well may happen Saturday. And if it does, if it does, we will react accordingly, right? We'll react accordingly. I can deal with people picking a loss. Like, if you want to give just honest analysis and take and pick a loss. I mean, Texas A&M guys is favored. I, I, I'm not going to... I pick South Carolina to lose all the time, right? I'm not going to come down on you for picking a loss. But I don't know. Like some of the – it's like I told you guys earlier in the week, the the morale. And I think it's – I think it's – it's not even a reflection on Shane Beamer or Gamecock football. I think there's just miserable people out there. And there's just miserable Gamecock fans out there, you know? I mean, the fact of the matter is this. We've won three in a row. Whether you think they're 13th grade teams or you think we're the worst 4-2 and two team in the country, this, this team's 4-2. and two. I'm not telling you to be blindly positive or nauseatingly sunshine pumping. I, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to do that. I'm not asking you to do that. But folks are going to the other extreme and, and just being... Like, there's a difference in what I do and being critical and, and calling it like you see it. Because I, I, I don't have any problems when people want to be critical. But I always just say, keep the energy consistent. And there's just too many people out there, in my opinion. And I'm not trying to, hey, how you think's how you think, whatever. But just from my vantage point, personally, there's too many people that, only want to pipe up when things are going terribly. And then when things go well, they go mute. At minimum, you got to keep the energy consistent. I don't care if you think the team was a 13th grade team. I don't care if you think Kentucky stunk. They didn't play their quarterback or he couldn't play. That, 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 that all might be true, but at least be willing to tip the cap and give credit where credit's due. It's like I've told you guys. I just don't understand why you know you're going to be miserable after a loss. So I'm not saying be blindly positive or blindly optimistic, but happiness to a degree, guys, is a choice. I say that in sports. I say that in life as well. Happiness is a choice. So you can choose to be happy. You can choose to be miserable. Why would you actively choose to be miserable after a win? Why would you actively choose to be miserable when your team has won three in a row? I just don't understand it. And I'm not speaking to one person or two people. I am just speaking generically to the masses. You know you're going to be miserable 
after a loss because we all hate to lose. In no world are you happy after a loss. So why also choose to be miserable after a win? Like there's some people I see on social media, it's like, let the Gamecocks lose first. Let them disappoint you and let you down first. Then, hey, South Carolina goes out and lays an egg Saturday night. By all means, I'll wallow in misery with you next week. You won't be alone. But I don't know. I I, I just... I, I'm not saying, again, be, be, be nauseatingly positive and, and, and sunshine pumper. I'm not saying that, but... I, I don't know. I, I just, there's people out there, it's interesting to me, those that just lead with the negative constantly. Anyways, guys, I'd love to hear from you, 843-790-3377. Um, I say all that to say I think we have a lot of reason to be positive and optimistic this weekend. I do. I, I actually think the Gamecocks have a lot of reason to be optimistic, right? Because when you look at this game, I understand the streak, I understand, um, you know, the the negative trend. You've never beaten Texas A&M. And again, though, I think a lot more of this comes down to and it comes back to fans are jaded. I, I think this fan base is just so jaded and so hurt and so distraught and so... We've seen the movie before, and the ship still sinks. You know, we, we, we've had the rug pulled out from under us before. People just don't want to get excited for this game. People don't want to have any sort of expectations for this ball game. Now, I think keeping realistic expectations is fair. You know, we had our big cop club hangout earlier this week, and... Uh, Luke RJ is someone that chimes in a good bit, always brings the heat, and always brings the banter. And, you know, he made the point coming into this game that, hey, listen, we've never beaten Texas A&M. I don't want to have egg on my face. I'm going into this game conservatively with conservative expectations. I've got Texas A&M beating the Gamecocks. That's fair. I think that's very, very, very fair. I think that's very fair. It is. Because it's kind of one of those things, it's kind of like I said, guys, going into Kentucky. It's like, until it happens, I'm not going to pick it to happen. I'd rather be pleasantly surprised than disappointed yet again. I will say this, though. On that note, I, you know, I'm trying to think. I picked A&M to win last year. I picked A&M to win in 2020. I want to say I picked her to win in 19 because it was on the road. So, I don't know if I've ever picked South Carolina to beat Texas A&M during my time of, of doing this, of running my business, whatever, creating content around the Gamecocks. I don't know if I ever have. So, there's nothing wrong with going in this game with, with conservative expectations. Again, it's an entity you have no control over, right? Why, why would you, just because you come into a game with a certain confidence level or making a certain pick, it does not affect the ball game, right? And Travis says, I will say we must must show consistency in winning 
before I'm confident in games like this. I mean, that, that's fair. That's fair. Somebody else coming to Travis Allen said, I stay consistent. Rat, sat, ain't cutting it. I hear you. Well, our commentary on that will continue. No matter how many Facebook comments anybody leaves, though, or tweets or Instagram comments, that ain't going to get Marcus Satterfield fired. Right? That's that's not going to do it. So, uh, we're in the middle of the season. I, I just, like, I, I love the banter. The beauty's in the banter. I don't want to sit here and talk about Marcus Satterfield every day, I, especially when it's like, let's see what happens this weekend. Does bye week sat come out? You know? The Gamecocks, I think, the Shane Beamer era, I think we're either 4-0 and or 5-0 and coming off of extra time. That could be bowl prep. That could be a bye week. That could be coming off the preseason. Right? You think about the games in which we've had extra time to get ready. EIU, Georgia State, both season openers, there's two wins. UNC bowl win, that's three. Florida off a bye, yeah, that's four. And then this year, SC State with the extra couple days. So 5-0 and oh, with extra time to get ready. Now, are all of those wins equal? No, they're not. But, but this team has shown a knack when they've got extra time to prepare. This coaching staff has shown a knack to have these guys ready to play their best football. And all you can do, obviously, is just hope that continues. I know Texas A&M is a different beast, different animal, but I also, you know, it's, it's interesting, guys. It's, it's interesting how similarly I look, and A&M reminds me a lot. A lot of Kentucky. Reminds me a lot. Team with quarterback questions, going to depend on a run game. They have trouble stopping the run. Just saying, I, I think there's a lot of reasons, actually, to be optimistic in this one. And, and we, we, you know, we got to get back to this, too. You know, I talked with J.C. Sherbert and Phil Mullinax on the Inside the Gamecocks, the show, uh, about 30 minutes ago or so. Went on that before this. We've got to get back to making Williams-Brice Stadium a place where opponents fear coming. Four and zero in night games this season. Obviously, not all at home. But since Shane Beamer has taken over, we've played better at home, right? And there are multiple reasons for that. But bottom line is this: we've got to get back to making Williams Bryce Stadium a feared environment. And I'm not talking about fan support. I'm really not because Gamecock fans always show up and show out and bring the heat every single time. The performance has to meet the hype. The performance has to meet the environment. That I understand. But it's it's games like this where you should expect to win. Like, I look at this ball game, and I look at these games, and it's like, if it's a coin flip game, which it is, it's a three-point spread. If it's a coin flip game, and you've got the opponent on your home field at night, you should win the ballgame. 
That, that's genuinely the way I look at it. You should win the game. That should give you the edge you need. And I know fans don't play the game. The 80,000 in the stands, they don't play the game. But guys, we just saw last weekend the impact a crowd can have when Alabama went to Tennessee. I know you guys hate the volunteers. We all hate the Vols. But Neyland was electric. That matters. That environment matters. And again, I know Gamecock fans will show up and show out and be loud as hell on Saturday night. And we need this team to also show up and show out and perform to their capabilities. But this is a game to me, man. Like, Willie B has got to get back to being a feared environment. And the only way to do that is win these games. The only way to do that is win these games. It's a toss-up. This is the pure definition of a toss-up. Go take it. It's... It will be an even more damning loss because it's on your home field, I think. It just, because you should play better football at home. You should play better in the friendly confines, no matter the sport. You should play better at home. I know a lot of guys feed off of playing on the road. I I used to love playing on the road. You love hearing the trash talk. But playing at home, you should be prepared to play your best. And there will be no excuse for South Carolina not to play their best Saturday night. You've had extra time to get ready. Again, you're in front of the home crowd. You've won three in a row. I mean, you've got all the momentum in the world. Everything's lined up for you to get the W. Literally everything. I I literally don't know what else could be going right for you. What else? Like, what is... (laughs) There's... I, I think everything's lined up. Everything. Now it's time to... Go perform. The curtains are pulled back. It's time to go perform. Uh, Travis Allen, <clears throat> hope we run the ball and win the time of possession. That equals our chance to win. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cliche again, but it's cliche because it's true. You run the football, you stop the run, you're going to have a good chance to win this one. Uh, winning first down, I think, will be really pivotal, will be really key in this one getting A&M in those third and longs, getting them uncomfortable. You know, who starts at quarterback doesn't even really matter, right? Anthony Treese yesterday said that he thinks it'd be a it'd be a benefit if, if Haynes King started. So, uh, should A&M want him to play? I don't know. I don't know. Um, John asked, where has Robbie been? Great question. Robbie actually DM'd me. Let me. Let me pull this up. Uh, he actually DM'd me yesterday and said, hey, man, I'm going to the zoo today with my cousins, so I'm not calling today. Hope you have a great show today. That was yesterday. Today, I don't know where Robbie is. Maybe he'll call in. I'm sure he will. After hearing me, I bet, I bet he's going to call in the next 10 minutes. Coleman Hall says, making it a run-the-ball and control-clock game seems to be an attempt to beat A&M at their own game, but I get it. <laughs> Coleman, I think you just got to do what from. works. Robbie Davis is exactly That's what's worked for us. Let's jump to the home. Accept. 
Robbie, what's up, man? How are you? On cue, why don't you? How about that? On cue. On cue, indeed. I, I'm not How surprised. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well, man. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. What's up? <laughs> Whew, I'm doing all right. My legs are a little on the sore side from being at the zoo yesterday, but I'm doing fantastic. Um, I think that at some point while Beamer is here, okay, and this has happened before. I think that Beamer is is going to get us back to where any time an opponent, no matter if it's a conference opponent or a non-conference opponent, they if they see if they got to travel to Columbia, they they're immediately shook the second that they see it, and they're like, "Oh crap, we got to put up with the students. We got to put up with the." sandstorm we got to put up with the fans this is not going to be a good day regardless of if it's if it, regardless if it's at night or if it's during the day they immediately go oh crud it is going to be a long three and a half hours in columbia and it is not going to be fun and i think that we can get i think that this coaching staff can somehow get it back to that and that would be awesome to be honest with you, that would be epic with not just, not just football, but with any sport. Like you, like having a home field advantage in a sport helps out tremendously. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's 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 hard to win on the road, and I would say to improve your home record, also recruiting and improving your talent, and improving your team is going to help a lot too. Yeah. But when it's a game like this where it is a toss up, um. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and I'm not, I'm not even, because I see some comments. I, I, I'm not really even. I'm not, I'm not calling for the fans. Like, hey, y'all got to show up. Like, I know our fans will show up. I'm more so talking about our team yeah. playing well because the fans always show yeah. up. Um, the environment's always there. Let's. I, mm-hmm. I, I just love to see now the, the performance on the field, meet the hype and meet the environment, right. Right, I agree. So, you know, because I agree. because I, I think that's why folks are jaded because we've had we've had these games where it's been a night game and we show up and we're fired up and you know look at Clemson last year, you just lay an egg and then with Kentucky yeah. last year you lay an egg and there's been multiple times where that's happened. I mean, even to a degree, don't hate me for saying it, but to a degree, even Georgia State was that way. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're losing in the third quarter, and it's like we've spent this entire preseason getting all hyped up and excited, and and then you go out and play that way. Granted, you got the dub, but it, it was right. ugly. I mean, it was ugly for the majority of the game. So, um, right. I, it is, I, I don't care if it's ugly Saturday night or not. Dub will be a dub in SEC play. It doesn't really matter. But um, Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I'm to the point now in this season, I don't care if it's – I don't care if – If we play, I mean, I hope we play good. Don't get me wrong. All right. If we play well enough to win, yes, I will be happy. But I want to see us, for once, absolutely just destroy a team and they immediately know from the get go this is going to be a long day. 
and it's not going to be fun. Yeah. It'll be fun for somebody, but it ain't going to be fun for the opponent. Somebody asked if you were changing your prediction, Robbie. <laughs> Am I changing my prediction? You had 35 to 17 A&M, right? No, 35 to 20. Oh, okay, A&M. okay, okay. Okay, my bad. 35 to 20 A&M. I'm not telling you to change it. Somebody yeah. just asked in the comments. They, they were asking if you were going to change it. Uh, I doubt it. I highly doubt it. Hey, you, you you went with your gut, my guy. I I wouldn't. I'd say you need to stick with that. And like you just said before, I way before I called in, right? A lot of people have said until I see us, like 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 until I see that we can that we can beat A and M. Why have a reason to pick us to beat A and M? That's. I mean, listen. That's fair, right? That's that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And I, I just, I don't like the, 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 all the times that we have played Texas A&M, they have kicked our butt all over the field. Mm-hmm. Like we were, uh, like, like we were children. To be honest with you, they beat us like we were children, little, little baby children, and they just beat us like a dog, and there was nothing we could do about it. Okay. Do I think at some point we will get good enough to where I can look at that A&M game and go, this is the year, this is the year that we beat A&M and get that stupid monkey off our back? No pun intended because I went to the zoo yesterday. No pun intended. But do I think, do I really think at some point, yes, we're going to beat A&M? Yes. Do I think it's going to be this year? Probably not. And I just don't know what I just don't know what else to say at that point, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought we were going to beat Arkansas, but I was wrong about that, right? Because I, I thought we were we had the better team than Arkansas, but I was wrong. Okay, I was wrong. We lost to Arkansas. I ate my crow and was moved on. Yeah, Robbie. Okay? Robbie, I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not asking you nor trying to convince you to change your prediction, Robbie. You you stand behind it. Oh no, I'm not changing yeah, it. Yeah, just I, you you stand you. I respect a man that can but just stand behind his pick tomorrow and think to myself, we can win today. Absolutely. Because because I told my mom got mad at me whenever I picked this coast uh, lose to Kentucky, and I was like, Mom, it was just a prediction, right? That's all it is. All it is is a prediction. I'm gonna wake up tomorrow afternoon watch football games, and hope and pray that I watch South Carolina take care of business and beat A&M. The only thing, the only thing different is, the only thing is I gave my prediction, and that's all it is, is a prediction. So. Indeed, indeed. But uh, but yeah, I'll be ready to go 
and watch the game tomorrow night and be tearing my tail off. Not tomorrow play. night, Saturday night. Not tomorrow, not tomorrow. Scratch that. I'm losing track of my days here. Good gracious. Uh, Saturday night, I will be cheering for the boys 100%. But, uh, but yeah, I'm losing track of my days, man. I'm going crazy. You're good. Here. You're good. Uh, Zoo got you all in a tizzy, <laughs> my guy. Zoo got you in a tizzy. But, uh, yeah, I will be uh, watching it the boys on and I, I i i think that with how big this game potentially could be and i still stand by what i said yesterday if whoever whichever running game shows up is that's who's going to win the football game if we don't stop a chain we're in trouble yeah absolutely yeah i think no doubt if we can contain him and 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 have Lloyd get his numbers the way he's been doing the last three weeks. I think we can somehow pull off a miracle. But if that doesn't happen, then oh well, just got to take it as is and just move on. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's all I got. You have a great rest of your uh, day, and go Gamecocks and the heck with Clemson. Well said, as always, Robbie. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Yeah, man. You too. Robbie Davis, what a legend. Travis says, whoever shows up does indeed win the game. Uh, Zach Attack, for some reason he posted this. in the So, we, guys, funny enough, our Big Cock Club Discord, <laughs> it's all like a bunch of channels, right? We've got a channel called Slap Dickery. I just felt like there was a lot of Slap Dickery being posted in, in, in many of our various channels. Um. Uh, and I felt like, you know, we, we need a channel for these slap dick antics that we see on a daily basis. And so, slap dickery. The slap dickery channel is, uh, is what I came up with. My guy, I think he forgot. I'm on my live show. My guy calling the merch guy. Bert Ayer says, if not this year, then when? That's a great point, Bert. That's a great point. I mean, very, very good point. Billy Thompson, is it valid to pick South Carolina to win when we have yet to beat them? Well, Billy, I mean, I you know, it's it's got to happen at some point, right? Don't you think so? Do, do you think Carolina's just going to lose to A&M forever? So, I mean... I guess it depends on do you want to go against the grain or I mean yeah I think you try to in a game like this you can't just completely discount the history right you you can't it does factor in it does cuz I can assure you Texas A&M's fans expect to win this one and again rightfully so right they they've they've dominated you practically over the course of the series but here's what I would say to that as well on the Gamecock side of things you're not playing the streak on Saturday night you're not playing the A&M logo 
You're not playing their boosters. You're not playing a $30 million recruiting class. You're not playing any of the negative trends or negative history that says it'll be a long night yet again. You're playing the 2022 Texas A&M Aggies, who sit currently at 3-3 and right now. That's who you're playing. So don't make it a bigger thing than it is. You know, you hear the talk all the time. That's what happens when people play Alabama. You know, they they look at Alabama, and Alabama's already elite, but they think about, you know, they, 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 they're playing the history, and that, oh, we're playing that A, and, and oh, my God, this great Alabama. Like, you're just playing them, their team. You're not playing their history. You're not playing their titles. You're playing that year's version of that team. And I look at this A&M game the same way. Like, you're not playing 0-8. You're not playing Kenny Trill. You're not playing ghosts of games past. You're playing the 2022 Texas A&M Aggies. The 2022 Gamecocks against the 2022 Aggies. You've got to, at some point, let all that negative history go. You can't continue to let your past define you in this series. All streaks have to come to an end at some point. All streaks are made to be broken. And this is your best chance in the history of this series to come out on top. So I, I just, I understand, right, going into it cautiously because, again, it, do, it does factor in. But I think those numbers, they mean more for us than they do the guys on the field. Because when that ball snapped, what happened in 2015, South Carolina, a that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. All it's going to matter is those two teams on the field Saturday night. Teddy says, will Vandy ever beat Bama? Well, they don't, they don't play enough. I mean, they barely ever play. I don't know. In the history of forever, yeah, I think Vanderbilt will probably beat Bama at some point. Dude, we're talking about college football that'll be here hundreds of years. Right? Um, back to what Zach Attack said, by the way. I didn't even get into his question because I was talking about the slap dickery channel, but he says. Hypothetical, I could see us winning the game against Texas A&M, but our offense being trash in the first half again. But playing okay in the second half, the majority of fans say that they don't think we can beat Mizzou with the way we played. If we lose, then for sure people are going to say we're going to lose to Missouri. I mean, I, I, I will say this. That's why I've said, you know, multiple times this week, the under 23 in the first half is just the play of the century. I mean, both these teams have a characteristic of they start slowly. They start slow. And, uh, you know, so I, I think it's safe to say that, you know, I, I, until proven otherwise, the offense will start slow. I, I think most likely that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. But Zach Attack, we, we find a way, we, we find a way to win the game. I don't care if you start slow. I, again, I don't care if you win six to three, my guy. A win's a win's a win. And I know you highlighted Panic Ritter's comment in the Slap Dickery channel, which 
I love you, Panic Ritter, but most of your commentary belongs in the Slap Dickery channel. I got to be honest. Um, <laughs> Panic Ritter. Your nickname has panic in front of it? Like, that, that says enough. That says enough. Coleman Hall, I think, dropped his prediction earlier. Let's see. He says, I don't know if it's just like way back here. I can't find it or what. It says, Cox trending up. Aggies trending down. Bad quarterback play from A&M. Losses at home and lots of close wins. Ryan Dean says this A&M team is very inconsistent. A&M lost to Bama 24-20, but then Tennessee scores 52 on Bama. So to me, Alabama isn't as good as, and A&M isn't as good either. Lance Players is going to be a good night as I'm cracking my 13th latte. And we just beat A&M 31-17. Love that, my guy. Love that. Lance, I'd expect, uh, I'd expect no less from you, my dude. I'd expect no less. John Edward, I don't have a score prediction, but I have my predicted result. South Carolina wins on Saturday night. So, John Edward going with the Gamecocks. Okay. Darrell Wall Jr., come out fast like we did on defense against Kentucky and score early. Willie B. will explode, and I really feel like we can cruise then. Darrell Wall Jr., feel like we can cruise. Remember Kentucky in 2017 when we scored a touchdown, like the first play of the game, second play, whatever? And uh, then we got a pick on the second drive. I thought we were going to cruise that night too, my guy. Got to play four quarters. Got to play four quarters. Where can you find the Slap Dickery channel for us that are not good with social media? I need to get in the Big Cock Club. I'm just too dumb to figure out. Nah, Elvis, you're not too dumb, my guy. I got you. Um, I just dropped the link to the Patreon. You join that. I will send you the link to the Discord, and the Slap Dickery channel is in there, my guy. No, Austin Greasman, Debo did not run back the opening kickoff. No, that, that he took the slant pass for the touchdown, that 2017 Kentucky game. Hunter Herlong says, TSUS merch is in Destin, Florida. I'm watching while I'm on honeymoon. Hunter, appreciate you, my guy. Thank you. Thank you. Rebecca, I see a lot of, oh, here we go. Coleman Hall said, South Carolina 24 to 17, essentially a repeat of Kentucky, but A&M gets an extra field goal. Love that. I think that's a very realistic type of score prediction. Again, whether you think it's Carolina, whether you think it's Ada, I do think it's going to be a close game. I'd be shocked if it's not. I'd be shocked if it's not. Uh, But I see Rebecca having banter back and forth. Ask Chris why I can't call in more than one time. Do we want to have that conversation, Rebecca? Do you want to have that conversation? We can, but I don't know if you want to. Um, anyways, guys, 8437903377. That is 8437903377. My guy Lance Player. Lance, I hope you're gonna be at the tailgate, my guy. Don't forget. Don't forget the TSUS tailgate out at Seawells, spot 78. Seawells, spot 78, gonna be one hell of a time. Looking forward to it. We'll have the Beamer Ball towels and koozies on sale. I'll have Beamer Ball stickers to give away. Uh, we'll have koozies to give away, courtesy of my friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants. Lead Pipe Lock of the Week will happen tomorrow. Uh, also, guys, also, I'm going to tease this real quick. I'm actually working uh, I'm working with someone, working with a girl 
to coordinate on some merchandise specifically geared to women. Um, so we're talking things like specific shirts, hoodies, buttons for game day. Anybody like buttons? I know that's a big thing, right? So I mean, I've got I've got the the t-shirts and the hoodies and and, and your basic merchandise on lock. But you know, I could use some assistance and guidance in regards to what women like to wear on game day, right? Because women like different things. So I'm trying to tap into that. So just stay tuned. A lot of exciting stuff happening. Also, if the Gamecocks beat AM, we got a really exciting merch drop that's going to happen. Um, something that I again I think you guys will really enjoy. Really, really enjoy. So Cade Sutter said you should make some Clemson toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> a roll of Clemson TP. Why not? Why not? Tyler Jennings says Marshawn Lloyd goes over 100 and number seven as his best game so far. By week set, dials it up 28 to 14. Go Cox. Jacob E says Beamer Ball buttons for the sororities could be a cash cow. Bingo. <laughs> Now, it's game day buttons are a thing, right? Game day buttons are a very popular thing. So, I I, I don't know why it's taken me so long to get into it. But uh, we're, I think we're going to collab and coordinate on that. And, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. So, just trying to expand, 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 expand TSUS. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Lynn Turner says, yay, want some women's cut tees. Buttons would be good because I don't usually wear T-shirts to games. There you go. Okay. Yes, Lynn. That's why I am. Uh, that's why I'm working with. That's why I am working with uh, someone who would know, right? Because I'm. I'm just, just a guy. So, just a dude. Trying to. You know, pick up whatever knowledge I can from whatever resources I can get in touch with. So. Tyler and Ole, we'll be out there to see you. My best friend and his wife are Aggie fans, though. How about that? Looking forward to it, though. Definitely come by the tailgate, man. Definitely come by. Travis Lee says, I got the Aggies winning 24-17, unfortunately. Travis Allen says, Chris, how many times do we have to get Rattler to hand the ball off Saturday? Uh, the A&M run defense is not good on paper. 24-19, A&M. Again, those are all fair scores. I, I think the range of scores, by the way, that y'all are giving, 24-20, 21 to 17, 23, 21. I, I think that's gonna kind of the score you're gonna see. I mean, again, I'm 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 locked on the best bet, the under. I'm locked on the under 44 and a half. So I, I think it's a lower scoring game. I, I think both offenses will sputter. <laughs> As I said, going into bye week, right? Best way to describe our offense is sputter. I I think that's what you're gonna see. A lot of sputter. I think you're gonna see a lot of sputter. John Hands is good evening tonight, all in the chat. Love that. Bert Ayers says it could be nothing, nothing. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I I I wouldn't be shot if it's seven to three at halftime. Like I I I I can very realistically see that. A seven to three type game at halftime? Yeah. No doubt. Yep, no doubt I can see that. Mm -hmm. 
AJ Bauer says, I'm sticking with 28 to 20. South Carolina and Lloyd get three touchdowns. 28 to 20. Oh, oh, Lloyd gets three touchdowns. Okay. I was like, where's the fourth touchdown coming from? Teddy says, if we score first, I go with the Gamecocks. Yeah, I, I think I saw a stat yesterday that our record when we score first is pretty incredible under Beamer. So. Austin says, the next few games are significant to repeating Beamer's success in the transfer portal with a number 15 class. And how about Elvis? Part of the Big Cock Club now. Holy smokes, it happened. It happened, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. I will send you... I will send you the Discord link over the break we take here in the next minute or so, but I will send you that Discord link. Yep, because I see you right here. Elvis, what's up, man? What a guy. What a legend. Beautiful. Uh, Travis Allen being sarcastic. Cassette said we didn't bring in Rattler to hand the ball. Yeah, I mean, it's... You got to go with what's working, though. And uh, running the football, Marshawn Lloyd, I think that is our best bet. Guys, again, we're rocking. We're rolling here on this Thursday. We are going to jump into a quick break. Don't forget, we got J.C. Sherbert at 115. So on the other side, make sure you get in your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. We'll be right back here. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. My guy, John Rice, asked, what's the better chance of Becca calling in today or we win Saturday? Well, John, since the odds that Becca calls in today are zero, uh, I'd say it's a better odds that we beat Texas A&M. I hope our odds of beating Texas A&M aren't worse than zero. I hope that's not the case. So, anyways. Mike Leach for OC, says. I hear you. Coleman Hall comments, oddly enough, I could see us winning this game 35-17. to If Sat's offense is forced to throw the ball downfield, there's a good chance Spencer might show off given his limited opportunity to throw the ball thus far. I mean, dude, I, I will say this. I will say this. You know, pe- people, we none of us know, right? <laughs> none of us know. I mean, look at last year. Look at last year. South Carolina came into that Florida game a, what, 20-point underdog? We were 20, 21, 21-point underdog, something like that. 20-point underdog in that game and just took Florida to the woodshed. I mean, you just never know. You just never know. And I understand that A&M also had a bye week. I, I, I totally get that. But... Austin Greisman says, home game under the lights and two weeks prepare. 35 to 20 Gamecocks is what Austin says. Ken says, do you think Syracuse covers the 13 and a half? I, I don't know. I mean, I, 
unfortunately, I think Clemson is kind of clicking. I think they're kind of rolling. I, I hate to say it. Hope I'm wrong. It'd be a great day, great way to start the day. Be a great way to start the day with uh, an upset, right? Going out there, midnight yell out at the state house. I'm not sure if I'll be there or not. I am planning on being in town tomorrow. Uh, thinking about hitting up the fair, getting some time in at the fair. Has anybody been to the fair yet? Fair is always a good time. Fair is always a good time. Um, so we'll see. But uh, again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Podcast will drop tomorrow. The official TSUS podcast. You know, it's so funny. Like I told y'all before, there's a lot of people that don't realize that this is not the podcast. Which it's funny that. I could make this the podcast. I could. And I'm not going to rule out that one day that might be how we operate. Right? We might one day operate in a way in which TDC just becomes the podcast because you look at you look at all these other entities, all these other big-time shows. That's kind of what they do. Um, but I do still like separating it out. You know, because I look at the Daily Crow as just, it's so much different of a thing. It's so different, right, than um, the podcast is. But the podcast, anyways, will drop tomorrow. Uh, episode 7, what, 16 or episode 7, 17? 7, 17, yeah, my bad. 717 will drop tomorrow. Uh, full breakdown of the Texas A&M game. Top storylines, key matchups, keys to the game, prediction, all that good stuff. Uh, of course, we got Carolina calls tonight. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to dropping my prediction, man. I, I, I've got a good feel. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much locked in. I am locked in on uh, how I think the game's going to go. You guys will know tomorrow. Uh, I've been back and forth on it all week. Been coin flip for me, honestly. So, um, yeah, you'll see tomorrow. So, I'll just say that. Braddock843 says, Midnight Yell is cringy, especially the hype guy. Yeah, it is. It's weird. I, we talked about it yesterday. It's just weird. A&M fans are weird. Austin Greaseman, Texas a has had two weeks to think about their two recent losses and be negative. We've been riding high and have full motivation. Yeah, I tell you what, the people that – we've won three in a row, right? The people that are just – down and out on Carolina, no matter what, doom and gloom. We're terrible. This sucks. They're, they're going to be in a frenzy if we beat A and I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to talk about on Monday. I don't know what somebody like Coach Ford's going to have to say. And that's that's the funny thing, guys. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Here's my advice to you all. If we beat Texas A and M, let's say we do. Let's say it's ugly. It's 21 to 17, something like that. If we beat Texas A&M, if you have people in your life, we'll say specifically on Facebook, because I tell you what, it, it's crazy. I used to think the majority of the slapdicks were on Twitter, right? That that was the toxic, and I, there's still toxic sides to Twitter, of course. But I tell you what, Facebook... Bro, Facebook is a cesspool. 
Like the comments on Facebook? The comments on Facebook are outrageous. And I'm not even putting all that on Gamecock fans. Like, dude, we have so many people comment on our Facebook page that are opposing rival fans. It's 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 insane. It's insane. Truly. But if we beat Texas A&M, and there's people in your life that are Gamecock fans that still, even after a four straight win, even after starting five and two, even after snapping the streak against A&M, if you still choose to be negative and lead with that, you're just a slap dick. And you need to block those people from your life. You need to block out that negative energy. Again, I understand being critical. I was critical after we beat Kentucky, but damn it, I smoked a cigar first. I enjoyed the win first. I'm never not going to enjoy winning. That's why I was so happy we weren't playing Charlotte, SC State, Georgia State anymore because in those games, you sort of have to nitpick and be overly critical because you know the competition's not on the level that you're going to see in the games that actually matter. But dude, you beat Kentucky... You beat A&M. Dude, Dub's a dub, man. Dub is a dub. I mean, there's people out there that think I'm negative, that I'm some miserable son of a bitch, but when we win, I celebrate. You know what I mean? Like, being a Gamecock fan is too hard to make it even harder and not celebrate when we win. There's plenty to be pessimistic about. There's plenty to be doom and gloom about. So when we do win, bro, enjoy the hell out of it because the reality is we don't win enough to be miserable after a win. That's just the facts. Cody, what's up, man? How's it going? Hunter Johnson says, fire sat. Spencer might throw one TD Saturday, too. If we're lucky, Lloyd should get substantial carries, being the A&M can't stop the run. But our offense is putrid. Cody Gaskins says, I'll still yell fire sat. <laughs> our guy, Cody Gaskins. Cody Gaskins, I got to put Cody Gaskins on blast, man. Cody Gaskins, after, what game was it? I, I think it was after SC State. <laughs> Cody Gaskins went on record and said he had the Gamecocks going four and eight. Four and eight. I mean, listen, I'm I'm I have my moments, but I even I wouldn't say we we're gonna go four. I no, at no point this season have I said we're gonna go four and eight. None. I said five and seven was possible. And I mean, unfortunately it still is, but Four and eight, man. Come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, dog. All good. I still love you, Cody. Still love you. Austin Greer says four and eight still on the table, to be fair. Austin, if we lose the next six in a row, my guy, if we lose the next six in a row, 
Oh, man. <laughs> Can you even imagine? <laughs> oh, my God, if we finish four and eight. I'd have to take a break, man, something. I don't know. If we, dude, if we go four and eight, like if we're sitting at like four and six or something, I'm be like, we're just going to start playing NCAA, like during TDC, because I, I don't want to even take questions or nothing. Coleman Hall says, I saw us go from number six at six and one to six and six in 2007. I hear you. John Rice, the tattoo bet was 10 wins. If we hit 10 wins, I'll get the beer ball ass tat. So technically, it's still on the table. Technically. And we don't have to get 10 in the regular season, John. It can be 10 with a bowl win. So if we go 9-3 and three and win a bowl game, it's on. But you might notice, John, you might notice, I don't make bets that I'm going to lose. So, I, I, I don't make bets that I think I'm going to lose. That's the whole point. Rebecca, I have no tattoos. None. I have no tattoos. None on my body. That's why, I'm, that's why it's such a bet for me because it'd be the first one ever. What a first. John Rice, 10 with the SEC Championship. I hear you. JB Gocox says, I feel like we do not use enough of the slant game in the middle of the field. It seems like that would be Spencer's strength with his strong arm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why we haven't seen more of it. Yeah, the butterfly, yeah. Nah, I've got no tats, believe it or not. No tats. Let's see. Yeah, the bot, the bot's really cool. Can we get that posted in the Discord or just a screenshot of it? I dude, I don't uh I don't think I think tattoos are fire by the way. I just there's nothing there's nothing I've just I there's nothing I've encountered in my life that I really want in my body forever. I, I don't know. I just I don't know. I'm cool with that. Like, I think they're dope. I've always joked, like, in an alternate life, I've got, like, I'm sleeved up. Because I think they look cool. Like, I think they look very cool. Um, so, Rebecca's got seven tattoos, she says. Austin, I understand it doesn't have to have meaning. I, I, I don't know if you're talking to me or not. But, I mean, people can do whatever they want. I just, I've never just, never been inclined Never been inclined to get a tattoo. Travis Lee, Frank Martin was fired because you didn't get his tattoo on you last year. Travis Lee, I was only going to get it 
if we made the tournament and we didn't. So why would I just get it to get it? Cody says, I'm going to be honest here. I don't think Rattler would be a... Oh, you're talking about Steve Spurrier. I got you. Chuck says, in the Big Cock Club Discord, TDC Question Channel, I see South kind of winning 24 to 10. Our defense plays best game of the year and our offense shows up. I'd love to see it. I would love to see it. Chuck, I'd take that in a heartbeat. Because at the end of the day, again, I don't care if we win 42 to 40 or we win 14 to 12. It doesn't really matter to me. Dub's a dub. Dub is a dub. Jesse Jacobs says, Shane Beamer on Greg McElroy. Dude is all over the place. Love it. Yeah, Shane Beamer's going on about every show except ours. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. It's all love. It's all love. It'll never happen. It's all love. At least not right now. So. Anthony Porter says, not uploading to Apple Podcasts anymore. Haven't seen anything since early October. Well, Anthony... That is because the Daily Crow podcast feed is now under the Spurs Up Show podcast feed. So if you go look up the Spurs Up Show, I think even if you look up the Daily Crow on iTunes, right? Even if you look up the Daily Crow on iTunes, it's under the Spurs Up Show podcast feed. So I just condensed the two feeds. I condensed the, t- the two feeds. So, it's it's still publishing. It's publishing every day, my guy. Publishing every... If you go look up the Spurs Up show on Apple Podcasts, you'll see the Daily Crow under that. You'll see it under that Spurs Up show podcast feed. Let me know if you can't find it. But it's... I can assure you, I'm literally publishing it on social media every day. So, I promise you it's there. I promise you it's there. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Anthony, sorry for the confusion. That just, it just seemed like it was much simpler to have all of the podcasts under one feed. Make it as simple as possible for everybody. Uh, Hunter Johnson said it's because, because of the Dak Joyner comment. It's not. It's not because of that. No, it's not. It's, uh, I mean, this goes back, dude, to the Will Muschamp era. So, and I know we never talked about it here. I I don't want to dive into some dive into some long, drawn-out conversation about it, especially since we're about to have J.C. Sherman on the show. We're about to take a break here in a couple of minutes. But that was the funny thing, watching people's reaction to to Justin King's silly tweet that he put out there uh, that, you know, people think there's some beef. Dude, Justin King has hated my guts since the Muschamp days. And I know this for a fact because Justin King has, has thrown shade at me before a couple weeks ago or a month ago or whatever. Uh, has DM'd me talking shit back in when when Muschamp was head coach. He was basically Muschamp's right-hand man, you know, doing the media stuff and so when I called when I called for for Muschamp's job, you know, Justin King took it personally. The only reason Justin King <laughs> uh you know, did the whole unblocking thing was because I I was 
and still am good friends with Eric Kimry and and he got that taken care of. And because you guys might recall, we used to be we used to be blocked by Gamecock football on social media. Um, we used to be blocked by Gamecock football on social media, and uh, Justin King's the one that runs the account. So. Coleman Hall says, pay-per-view fight boxing match between TSUS and Justin King Media, bro. It, it ain't even – I've got no no animosity towards the guy. I think that his him and his team do an incredible job. Uh, the the tweet was out of left field. I mean, again, that see, I, I see Jonathan Lee. Don't understand why all the hate between y'all. There, there's no hate on this side, my guy. Like, literally none. Literally none. So – if there's hate, it's one-sided. If there's hate, it's one-sided. So, that's that's what I'll say on that. There was no point in me responding. I mean, you might have noticed back when all that crap happened. You know, I just, I kept my head down, kept rocking. Because I just felt like there was no point. There was just no point, you know. There's just no point. And I don't believe in swinging down on social media either. So, you know, there, there's just there's there's no point. So, everybody keep rocking. Everybody keep rolling. Nobody cares about seeing a TSUS Justin King feud. We all we all care about great content and the Gamecocks and many more other important things. Of the Big Spur. That must have been the Justin King must champ hackers right there. Anyways, on the other side, J.C. Sherbert, guys, we're going to jump into a quick break. We'll talk to you guys in a couple minutes. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls as well. 843-790-3377 again here on this Thursday October the 20th, 2022, it is Texas A&M week. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. We're going to close up the phone lines right now because, of course, as you all know, every single Thursday, he joins the show to help us break down everything Gamecocks football-related and very excited to chat with him here on this Thursday as we go into yet another pivotal SEC game. J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur inside the Gamecock. He joins the show, J.C., Appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Always a pleasure. First things first, of course, as always, want to say thank you to you and Phil for having me on the show this morning and very excited to chat with you once again, my friend. How are you? Certainly uh, doing great. Just wrapped up a pretty good show there. Uh, thanks for joining us as well. And uh, excited to be back here uh, talking with you on a Thursday. I think um, it's always better, uh, I think, when there's a game to look forward to when you're breaking this stuff down. And uh, certainly, uh, after the open date last week, uh, good to be back talking matchups and football and uh, uh, things like that uh, heading into Saturday night. Yeah, JC, and I was going to say the open week. Of course, it was a great time to take some time off to reflect, if you will. But I'm sure like you or like all of us, you were glued to the TV watching college football. So we'd love to just get your brief thoughts on what, what took place last weekend, especially that game in Knoxville, because obviously a lot of those results last weekend are results that – you know, affect the Gamecocks. I thought there were some really interesting final results. You saw Florida lose to LSU. You saw Kentucky. They bounced back in a big way, beating Mississippi State. And then, obviously, the highlight of the weekend was that big game 
in Knoxville, Tennessee taking down Alabama. You're just overall, like I said, brief thoughts on uh, what happened during the Gamecocks bye week. Yeah, heck of a week of football. Uh, heck of a week to have a bye week, I, I thought. Uh, just a, a lot of really good games uh, down to the wire. Um, some surprising results. Uh, you know, I didn't know if Tennessee had it in them to beat Bama, but, uh, you know, I, I wasn't uh, overly thrilled with uh, Bama's approach to that one. I, I thought, you know, heck, you, you got to keep Tennessee's offense off the field, right? So mm-hmm. maybe line up and uh, try to control the ball a little bit more. But they came out firing with Bryce Young. Uh, I just don't – I don't know that Bama's the same as they've been at receiver. I, I think they're good. Uh, I don't know that they're that elite team at wide receiver anymore. Bryce Young's playing, I think, really well. Uh, and, of course, the running back they got from Georgia Tech, Gibbs, is special. But, uh, you know, it was interesting uh, the way they came out and tried to attack. And, you know, Alabama did battle back after being down 28-10 and uh, made a game of it and had a chance to win, really, probably thinking they should have won. But, uh, you know, with what they do on offense at, at Tennessee, when you've got Hooker back there and he's in such a zone, Chris, uh, you know, accuracy wise, I mean, he throws a gorgeous football um, and it's right on the money. And uh, when you've got guys like Hyatt and McCoy and Keaton and, and a lot of these guys that are that are, you know, have gotten a lot better during their careers at Tennessee, um, you know, then you run the ball and play as fast as they do. Uh, you're you're going to win your share of games. I think defensively, uh, it seems like they have a starter out every week at Tennessee. I, I think what they're doing is. Uh, taking a lot of risks, and they don't care that they're doing it uh, because it's like, well, you know, if we give up a big long pass play here, who cares? We're going to get the ball back and score. You know, that's uh, that's kind of the mindset up there right now. So I think that jumped out. You know, Utah beating USC or Southern Cal. Uh, exciting game down to the wire. Kind of a cathartic win for Utah, I thought, and yeah. kind of spoils some uh, some uh, anticipation in the Pac-12 with, with both Los Angeles schools being undefeated. I thought that was a good one. Was really surprised that Michigan uh, boat raced Penn State like they did. We keep waiting for James Franklin to have a big road win. I just don't know that it's ever coming. Um, You know, I thought LSU, like you said, against Florida, bouncing back in the swamp, huge. And and I, I, those two teams, Chris, uh, I like LSU a little better, but those those aren't your normal LSU and Florida teams. We'll we'll see what LSU does this weekend against Ole Miss. But uh, certainly, I, I just. I haven't been. I haven't bought Florida a lot this year. I just I think it's going to take them time to recruit uh, back to the level that they're accustomed to. Uh, and then Anthony Richardson's hot and cold and all that. And then their their, their defense kind of fell apart against the Tigers. So, you know, we'll see how uh, things shake out ultimately for the Gators. But uh, certainly, if you're looking looking down the schedule, you're kind of looking at the two teams at the end. If you're the Gamecocks, going ah, tremendous challenge. Uh, but the next little bit you know the the, the next three um four really uh, I, I think the Gamecocks uh, could be competitive in all of them yeah Florida JC is kind of meeting what I said uh, about them over the summer which is I felt like they were the greatest mystery in the SEC East maybe in the SEC just like I, I still don't really know what to think of Florida and like looking way too far ahead obviously with that matchup in the swamp it's like I'm like I think that's going to be one of those games where you really do just have to wait the week of. And it's like, how has Florida looked recently? How has South Carolina looked recently? And just kind of kind of go from there. But anyways, that will be for down the road. Uh, before we dive into the A&M game this week, or this weekend, excuse me, JC, you know, some big news that dropped early in the week, I feel like kind of got brushed under the rug. But uh, R.J. Roderick, into the transfer portal. Uh, your thoughts on that? I know the safety position was already one that, uh, you know, depth was a bit of a concern. And 
I know Nick Eamon-Warrior had taken over that starting spot, but were you surprised at all to see uh, the veteran defensive back get the portal? Uh, yeah, somewhat. Uh, you know, just because he's he's been here so long and he, you know, he left uh, for a little while, uh, you know, uh, when Muschamp first, you know, uh, I guess uh, resigned or was fired or whatever, you know, he, he wasn't with the team for the rest of that year. The new staff, though, when they came in, they liked him. You know, they thought, you know, here's a kid that's been around a lot, probably just needs a fresh start. Um, I understand he's kind of the a, a punching bag sometimes if, if the Gamecocks struggle in the secondary. Right. Um, and uh, I, I think more importantly though, Chris, you know, when, when you, when you don't have that much eligibility left um, and, and it's looking like you're not going to play a whole lot. Uh, I've seen guys do this. Uh, I think Otrey Smith did this uh, a couple of years ago um, last year, actually just went in the portal because he knew he wasn't going to get to play a lot and uh, went from there. So, you know, I, I think people need to wish him well. I, I don't know where he'll end up. I feel I kind of feel he's from the low country, maybe a Charleston Southern, maybe a coastal someplace like that uh, to where he can get on the field and, and finish out uh, what I think will be his seventh season of college football next year. So uh, wow. that's good. But, yeah, I, I, I think it was just a matter of – and, yeah, Carolina does need depth in the secondary, but you look at it, you know, against Kentucky, Emin Warre played tremendous like he always does. DQ Smith led the team in tackles, another true freshman. And then they slid David Spalding back there. I thought he had one of his best games uh, up at Kentucky. Came, kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, and then Devonnie Reed's back this week. So you have four guys back there that you trust and feel comfortable with um, if you're Torrey and Gray and Clayton White. So, you know, where does RJ really fit in with that? I, I don't know, you know. So I, I think uh, was it surprising that, you know, a guy that's been around that long bolts in the middle of the year. Yeah, it kind of always is. But uh, when you look at the big picture, I understand completely why he did it. I think it was totally related to the fact that, hey, these young guys have just passed me and uh, I'm not going to get to play a whole lot. Yeah. Now, JC, moving in the game this weekend, uh, when you look at this matchup and we'll dive into the specifics offensively, defensively here in just a second. But, uh, you know, I, I know obviously you can't ignore, and it's interesting, we're having conversations similar, I feel like, to what we had the week of the Kentucky game because you can't ignore the trends and the history and things that help tell you what may or may not happen on the field of play in this ball game. We all know the history. Texas A&M 8-0 in the series. You've never beaten the Aggies, and a lot of the games have not been close. But you take a look at these two teams, the 2022 version of both these squads. Gamecocks have won three in a row. A&M's lost two in a row. They, they've been extremely underwhelming this season. Uh, they've got issues at the quarterback position with their starter, Max Johnson, being out. Not even sure if Haynes King is going to play. You look at them defensively, they can't stop the run, averaging giving up 189 yards per game. I, I just want to get your overall, like, a heat check on this ball game because it feels like the stars are sort of aligned, like, you have momentum, you're hot, you're playing a very gettable A&M team, you've got them at home at night. It feels like everything's lined up, and really the only thing going against you is that negative history. I know Texas A&M is talented. Obviously, they are. You look at what they did at Alabama, but don't you feel like, J.C., like without a doubt in the nine-year history of the series, this is South Carolina's best chance to get the Aggies? Oh, yeah. And I, I thought that at the beginning of the year, Chris, I, you know, I, I thought that, you know, a lot of the hype around A&M was, you know, based on a, a historically great recruiting class on paper. Um, and, uh, 
you, you kind of look at that class, it's very D-line heavy. Uh, we know those guys sometimes take time, uh, you know, just because you're a five-star, uh, you know, like, like so Dexter Lawrence for Clemson, that guy can step in and play, right? Not everybody can, you know, uh, right away, you know, no matter how much upside you have as a five-star player. Um, you know, Zach Pickens is an example. You know, it, he, he was not a superstar overnight. You know, uh, not not many are. So I, I sort of looked at their personnel losses from last season, and I was like, whoa, you know, uh, they're going to be very young in some spots. And then the injury bug has hit them pretty bad this year. We had Jeff Tarpley from Gig'em 24-7 on our, on our show earlier this week, and, you know, he framed it in terms of injuries. Uh, and we've all experienced that around here, and we know how that is. Uh, you know, when you're kind of missing four or five key guys, when you're continuously – having a revolving door at quarterback or on the offensive line, you know, that time it just hasn't, you know, from that standpoint has not been a good year for Jimbo Fisher, but, but absolutely. I mean, th- these teams, you could, you could realistically say, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say a and is probably more battle tested because, you know, their non-conference games were Miami and, and app state. Obviously that's a little bit uh, tougher than uh, maybe SC state and Charlotte, but uh same kind of deal, you know, not a very high-scoring offense on either side. Uh, opportunistic defense, but that struggles against the run at times on both sides. Um, they're kind of mirror images in a lot of ways, and I think with the Gamecocks being at home uh, Saturday night, uh, you know, I, I think the game's probably going to come down to turnovers and, and things like that because that's the one thing when A&M has played well, and, uh, you know, the close loss at Bama, the win over Arkansas, uh, the game, the win, uh, big win against Miami uh, back in week three, uh, they've gotten turnovers. Uh, Alabama turned it over four times against the Aggies, missed two field goals, and had uh, a crazy day penalty-wise in that one, too. Uh, and that's why A&M was at the one-yard line at the end with a chance to win. Bama just couldn't put them away. Um, does that mean more about Alabama? Or does that mean more about A&M? I don't know, you know, that kind of thing. But when I look at the – you know, the results, the personnel, all that. There's no doubt A&M's talented. You know, no doubt they've got players. Um, but, you know, you, it's it's a team playing a team, not a recruiting ranking playing a recruiting ranking. Uh, and I think that makes for a pretty even matchup Saturday night with Carolina's crowd. And uh, if they can get some explosive plays and things like they did against Kentucky and run the ball, uh, I think they have a great shot at winning. Yeah, JC, as I mentioned, we'll start first with A&M's defense and what the Gamecocks will probably try to do, in my opinion, against that uh, against that attack. 189 yards per game is what A&M is giving up. You look in their pass defense, uh, sort of like the Gamecocks. Like you mentioned, I, I do agree with you, by the way, side note. These two teams, mirror images. And, and it's weird how similarly I feel right now as I felt. I, I talked about this this morning, but going into this game as I felt going into Kentucky, where it's like I look at the game and the individual matchup, a lot of reasons to be positive, a lot of reasons to be optimistic. I think it's more so the trends and the history that make me feel pessimistic versus any specific matchup or a daunting opponent, right? Like when you play Georgia, there's reason to be concerned. You play games like this, and I'm not trying to, you know, obviously write off A&M or not show respect to the opponent, but, you know, you, you feel a little bit better, right? Um, but you look at A&M giving 175 yards per game through the air, but 189.8 yards per game on the ground. I would imagine, J.C., that leads to a heavy, heavy dosage of Marshawn Lloyd, the rushing attack. Obviously, you need Spencer Rattler to play well and, 
and do a much better job of protecting the football. But I'd imagine, J.C., and correct me if I'm wrong, I think we're going to see Marshawn Lloyd early and often in this ballgame. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Carolina – not it would not be wise to not at least try <laughs> to line up. Right. Um, and I like what they're doing uh, in the, some of the things they've done to try to get the run game going. That power formation they have when you got you know Nate Atkins out there playing and blocking kind of as a I guess they call him the sniffer. Uh, when you put the guy the, the uh, fullback H back tight end guy in motion, uh, Wyatt Campbell's done some good things. Uh, I think Jakai Moore is playing his best football uh, at South Carolina. That and, and sometimes. You know, obviously Carolina struggled up front uh, the first couple of games of the season, first few games of the season. Uh, but sometimes it takes a little while for an O-line to gel, you know. Uh, we, we've seen it around here before where the O-line at the beginning of the year looks nothing like the, the group that finished the season uh, several times during the Spurrier era that happened. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I think with the line playing well, with the, they've sort of found something with Lloyd and, and some of those power runs. Uh you know, I, I, I can see the Gamecocks uh, at least, uh, you know, not only trying to do it uh, Saturday night and getting that part established, but but being successful. And we know uh, through 19 games of the Beamer era here that when on offense, when South Carolina can run the football, uh, their offense tends to be pretty good. I mean, when they can't, it's, it's a different story. It's ugly. But, uh, you know, we'll see. And, and I'm not saying Rattler doesn't need to complete some passes and they don't need explosive plays in the passing game and things like that. Uh, but I, I think it all kind of feeds uh, – one feeds the other. You know, you're able to run it. They can't just sit there and load it up on you uh, and all that. And, you know, then they got to they got to creep up and try to stop it. So, you know, then you can go over the top or, you know, maybe get one of those little screens and block it like you did against Kentucky. And, you know, I think that could be six, you know, depending on who's out there and gets it. So I, I think that, you know, you still look for balance and all. But, yeah, you know, with the way A&M struggled against the run, um, you know, I, I think you'd be kind of dumb not to, to line up and try to get that going. JC, you mentioned the Beamer era, and South Carolina is 5-0 and when they've got extra time to get ready, whether that be a bye week, whether that be the offseason going into a season opener, whether that be a game like SC State where you did have extra time to prepare. But they're 5-0 and with extra time to get ready, and the offense has been dazzling in more than a couple of those games. Could you see South Carolina potentially dialing up some things or doing some things that we haven't seen to this point? Because, you know, I think back to last year, and, you know, you mentioned obviously it was spurned by the running game being fantastic when you talk about the Florida game last year where you you came off the bye week. I mean, I think you ran for like 280 yards in that ball game. But uh, could you see a similar result where bye week sat prevails yet again and, and we see an offensive explosion, if you will. You know, possibly if I mean if Carol if Carolina gets it going, running the ball. I mean, it, it's it's going to be hard for A and M to to get stops. The thing the thing with their defense, though, the Aggies is, is their uh, you know, run defense is not that great. Pass defense numbers are good, uh, but they don't give up a lot of points. You know, they're kind of a resilient group, especially in the red zone. So, you know, you, you hope Carolina. You know, and, and it's maybe a game. Um, I don't. I don't think they're going to have as many chances to score as they had against Florida that night. But if you, if you think about that game too, Carolina had to kick four field goals uh, against the Gators, uh, even though they won forty to seventeen. So, you know, you, you're kind of hopeful that uh, you know you can get touchdowns in the red zone against this team because I also think as limited as this A and M offense has proven to be this year, and, and you know even with a chain, you know they're not a, a team that's going to go in and score forty. 
you know, uh, most, most against most legit defenses. Um, but I think if Carolina can put points on the board uh, and can get it done, uh, you know, running the ball and passing it and, and all that and get the crowd going, that, uh, you know, you could you could see a situation uh, if you get up enough early that, that A&M is just not going to be equipped to make a big comeback. Um, you know, so once again, uh, uh, the need for an early start uh, kind of rears its ugly head for the Gamecocks on Saturday night. Well, and that's what's funny you say that, JC, is both these teams start uh, very slowly. <laughs> that's putting it kindly. So, yeah, it's a punk um, fest I, most of the time. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, JC, I tell you, you know, we always do like the best bet for the games or whatever, and I've gone on the under, but I tell you, the under first half, under 23, yeah. that feels like free money, man. Until, <laughs> until, until we see otherwise, and either one of these teams is going to get off the schneid quickly and and get it going. But, uh, you know, I, I wanted to point out, too, you mentioned the Florida game, and we're coming off of Kentucky. And in those ball games, big plays on defense, defensive touchdowns, and big plays on special teams, block punts, what have you, huge difference makers in those ball games. You think back to Florida last year, you had the scoop and score by Jabari Ellis. That was kind of the nail in the coffin, I feel like, early in that one. So, you know, I think if you're able, certainly, you know, it, it, it's, it's cliche, no doubt, but if you're able to force some type of defensive score or special team score especially at home you love your chances now now talking about the other side of the ball jc you, you mentioned again these teams kind of mirror images of each other i expect a&m to also lean on their running game that's a pretty good idea to do so when you got a guy like a chain in the backfield uh we talked about him this morning really explosive player can take it to the house at any point and especially when you look at the questions they have at the quarterback position i'll ask you are you hearing anything specifically on Haynes King, his status. I know you talked to you said an Aggie insider, I believe, yesterday. Do they do they have a feel? Is it going to be a game time decision? Um, and do you let me ask you this? Do you think it makes much of a difference who starts at quarterback for AM in regards to what they're going to try to do? I, I think I, I think if you were talking about Max Johnson or Haynes King, it's it's probably one thing. Um I, I think with King and Weigman, they they're kind of similar guys. They both have some wheels, they can you know, I think one key for Carolina defensively is don't let Haynes King beat you with his legs because, you know, he's not proven to be the uh, the most accurate passer in the world, especially when he's under pressure. But uh, as we all know, those guys can kind of run out and get yards. Same with Wyman, but, you know, uh, as far as like the, 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 the word on the quarterback situation, you know, you, you talk you talk to their insider, Jeff Tarpley, and he's really good at what he does. And how he phrased it to us, Chris, was Jimbo didn't say Haynes was starting. He said he's going. Ah, you know, so we got a little uh, got a little uh, coach speak going on there, yeah. um, and, and and sort of the discussion uh, on Gigum twenty four seven and uh, other Aggie outlets I've been reading this week is like, well, if they go with Weigman, they're just basically mailing it in on this season because he's not ready. Uh, and kind of try to build for the future, get him experience, whatever. I know Jimbo likes him a lot. You know, he, he talked about him like he was uh, going to win uh, the Super Bowl, Heisman Trophy, and uh, NFL MVP all at the same time when he signed it. You know, but uh, just like South Carolina, Jimbo's offense is a uh, quote-unquote pro style in nature, but it, it's a lot. It, it's more complex. Um, so it does take quarterbacks some time uh, to get it. But I, I think – you know, if you're wanting to face one of the two, obviously when you, you hear uh, five stars uh, and, and, and at South Carolina, you, you've seen freshman quarterbacks come in through the years and 
turn your season around. Um, <laughs> you're kind of like, oh, I hope that doesn't happen. But uh, there's a reason he was 13. You know, there's a reason he wasn't ready to go out there yet. Um, you know, I, I don't think it was coaching malpractice to not start him. Like it may have been when they didn't put Jake Bentley out there from the start in 2016 at Carolina or Tanny Hill out there for the start in 92. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I, I think those two are, are very similar in that they can run. Uh, they can throw, obviously. Uh, you know, if you ask me which one I would rather the Gamecocks face, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe you take your chances with King uh, better because he is a little banged up and he hasn't uh, – I mean, he was a five-star too, you know, but he, he's just uh, not played all that well. There's a track record this year uh, of him sort of struggling, putting the ball in jeopardy, that kind of thing. So, and then the other one's an unknown. I mean, and that kid will be out there just playing on pure emotion, and sometimes that's dangerous. So, yeah. I'd probably lean toward King and all that, but something tells me that just like in a lot of situations this year with coaches and injuries, uh, that we're not getting the complete story. Uh, at this point, and you know, so we'll see who trots out there for A and M on Saturday night. JC, I understand this fan base and those who follow this team, this program closely, being hesitant to buy into any sort of hype, especially with the way this season started. And I feel like there was a lot of hype generated in preseason, and you know, has this team through six games, even though the records where you want it to be, have they met it in regards to their play on the field? That's debatable. And I know that Texas A and M, a lot of talent. Five stars everywhere. You know, you look at the recruiting class, he just hold in. They've got ball players, like you mentioned. But I can't help but look at this game. You're on a three-game winning streak. They're on a two-game losing streak. A&M's probably been more underwhelming than you have, especially when you look at expectations. There's no doubt they've been more underwhelming, right? I mean, this is a team, what, preseason ranked top 10. You know, everybody thought, oh, they're, they're a playoff team. Heck, I picked them to go 10-2 and two in the preseason, so I look like an idiot. You factor that in. You factor in all the momentum. You factor in you've got them at night, at home. JC, am I crazy for saying, like, I just feel like this is a game you should expect to win. Carolina should expect. I understand, again, from the fan perspective, I will not blame anyone for coming into this game with, with conservative expectations because it's a team you've never beaten, and this fan base has been in this position before where – you know, we're going to show up. It's going to be a sellout. We're all hyped for a night game. And we've seen the Gamecocks fall flat on their face. Just call it for what it is. But if you're able to remove the past and the history and the trends and just look at this game for what it is, again, JC, I just can't help coming back to literally everything you could ask for to be lined up is lined up for you. Now it's just time to show up and deliver. Your, yeah. your thoughts on that? I, I, I agree. I think it matches. It lines up well. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, it, it sort of has been all year. Uh, once I saw uh, what App State did to them, I was like, well, this, this team's got serious problems. And, you know, frankly, I think it's been pretty good coaching that they've won the games they've won. Uh, they could easily be one and five right now coming in here. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm with I'm with people there. I, I, I think kind of like just, like the Kentucky game, Chris, it, you know, a lot of people were doubtful uh, about that game, uh, you know, guilty, heading in. Guilty. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, but, and look, you know, you, I, I also understand totally like where you were coming from and, and I do this too. Uh, I just got, I think I'm a little sure of myself, you know, cause I was going and all that, but uh, it's uh, you know, you, you have to predict based on what you've seen, not, not necessarily uh, a projection or, or something like that. So I got that, but there, there were people saying, uh, 
believing Kentucky was getting in the wildcat. And I mean, they, they don't run wildcat anymore up there, you know, uh, and just going to run all over Carolina and all that good stuff. And, um, you know, kind of like what happened to Mississippi State against Kentucky this past weekend. But uh, the, the game counts came through. And so I, I think in similar fashion, when you look at it, you know, you always want to look for what's the what's a favorable matchup. Sometimes there are none. Against Georgia, there was not a single favorable matchup for South Carolina. Um, very few against Arkansas as well, based on how Arkansas was playing at the time. But, you know, Kentucky, it's like, why well, I think Carolina's defensive line can play well. I think uh, – you know, that helps the secondary when you're getting pressure as far as turnovers and stuff. You know, I, I think Carolina will be able to run the ball, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, you kind of look at this game with the Aggies, Chris, and you, you see some similar uh, types of matchups that the Gamecocks can take advantage of. And plus, they're at home. Uh, Shane Beamer, 6-2 and two in home night games. Uh, obviously, the Clemson game last year was a severe disappointment, but and that was a bad loss. But, uh you know, the, the Kentucky loss last season, uh, I think anybody would tell you that they sort of felt like they let that would get away. So uh, Beamer at home at night, they haven't always played greatest competition at night at home, but uh, he's been a little, it's been a little bit different than the Muschamp era where I think Carolina was two and seven at home at night under a rule. Um, and I, I have some theories about that, but that's uh, uh, the night game success has, has kind of flipped uh, the last couple of years uh, since Beamer's been there. Well, J.C., heck, man, I'll, I'll put you on the spot again. You willing to take a jab at uh, Carolina a and I mean, again, I'm not trying to lure you into one way or the other. I know I – hopefully I gave you some good coach speak there, make you want to run through a brick wall. And I'll drop mine tomorrow, of course. And and I, I think I kind of fooled the audience Kentucky week because I, I, I was very optimistic, admittedly, and then chose the Wildcats, and thank God I was wrong. But, uh, you know, you nailed the Kentucky game. What are you feeling going into Saturday? Uh, you know, I, I feel confident, probably not as confident just because, you know, people are right when they talk about, you know, overall talent that A&M has. Uh, they have some individuals that, that scare you. Uh, uh, they have more individuals that scare you than Kentucky did. And Kentucky did have some scary players, Rodriguez, obviously. You got uh, the receivers and all that. But I think um, uh, I, I think Carolina's going to win. I, I think that they'll uh, – you know, A&M will make some plays, but the Gamecocks will make some plays. They'll be able to run the ball. I think they'll win 28-19 is my prediction. Uh, and I'll give that also tomorrow on my show and the website and everywhere else. But I'm, I'm going to lock that one in with you right now, Chris. 28-19 Gamecocks. JC, I appreciate you dropping it early for the people, man. That's incredible. That's incredible. I love the people, man. That's what it's all about. Right? <laughs> hey, we do it for the people. We do, do it for, for the people. people. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah it, uh, that's why I have a blast doing all this, man, because it's uh, it's for the people. Yeah, absolutely. JC, last thing before I get you out of here, of course, again, I got to ask you about the recruiting side of things. Anything notable? Anything standing out? I know we're we're slowly getting closer, right? We're all locked into to the season and week by week, but signing day is approaching. I know things are probably kind of heating up on the recruiting side. So anything you're hearing, is there anything of note that, that Gamecock fans should know or be keeping up with? Yeah, uh, you know, Marquis Anderson and his family will be back in town this weekend. A lot of 2024 kids, Pringle and Thompson, the tackles from within the state – are among the unofficial visitors. As far as official visitors and, and potential next commits in this class, uh, next weekend, Elijah Davis, uh, I think he'll end up being – I think he'll be a four-star JUCO player. I mean, Alabama and everybody else has offered him. But uh, originally from Wagner Sally, he's at East Mississippi Community College in Scuba, Mississippi. Now, this is his official visit to South Carolina this weekend. Uh, I think he could be really, really good, Chris. Uh, you know, he was really good coming out of high school, just didn't have grades. 
um, and, and was a kind of a bigger end. And now he's a 300 pound tackle, you know, uh, really good film. Like I said, Alabama and everybody else wants him. You could never have too many big guys uh, on the D line and you got to replace Zach Pickens next year, probably uh, with the way he's playing anyway. So uh, I think uh, that's the next, if you're kind of looking for somebody on commit watch for this class, uh, keep an eye on Elijah Davis, uh, in-state Palmetto State product, but uh, out at Scuba, out in Scuba, Mississippi, at East Mississippi, visiting next weekend for the Missouri game. JC, and it's crazy to think, man, last thing, that if South Carolina can find a way to win this game Saturday, you are realistically staring at a 7-2 and two start. And I tell you what, I don't care how it looks, what the stats say, <laughs> there's not a fan out there that wouldn't have signed up for a 7-2. and two. But you got to win this one first. But it's just crazy to even be having that conversation, I guess. Yeah. You, just, you, just, you just never know. College football, you never know. You never know. Well, yeah, it's teams change week to week. That's why you don't panic and you just kind of move forward. And, you know, you had a bad game against Georgia, to heck with it. You know, that's over. That game's uh, that game's ancient history. And yeah. you just keep moving. And, and you hope that you're one of these teams that gets better as the year goes on and, and not one of these teams that uh, – that kind of gets worse, you know, because there are some teams out there like that. A lot has to do with injuries and things like that, obviously. But uh, it's a long season, and, and certainly, if they get to seven and two, Chris Beamer will be <laughs> he he will be a win away from tying Will Muschamp, Joe Morrison, and Steve Spurrier for the most wins in program history the first two years. I think he's got a shot if he gets there to break it, uh, because if he can go beat Florida. And, Maybe you pull an upset against uh, the, the orange teams at the end. Maybe you don't, but then you win a bowl game. You you, you know you're sitting at 16 uh, victories if you win nine and go nine and four. Uh, first two seasons, that's uh, that that top must champs record he always talks about. So that's uh, that's uh, that's always a good start, you know. Especially considering Shane Beamer's a young coach, it's his first head coaching job, that kind of thing. So uh, something to kind of look out for there in the future if they do keep winning. Yeah, hey, listen, we saw last year South Carolina had a second-half surge in their season, so maybe it happens again. You never know. J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur inside the Gamecocks joins us every single Thursday. J.C., I appreciate you taking the time, man. Looking forward to doing it again next week, my friend. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks to everybody out there, and we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Take care. J.C. Sherbert, always a fantastic conversation with him, and J.C.'s locked in 28-19. to He's got South Carolina – Beating Aiden, I tell you guys, I <laughs> got me got goosebumps, and I got goosebumps just thinking about a potential seven and two start. I, I, I tell you what, we can we can bitch and moan and complain, but the fact of the matter is this: if 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 Carolina can find a way to win that ball game Saturday, this could turn out to be one hell of a season. Hey, we're gonna jump into one final break, but guys, on the other side, I want to hear from you eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more after the break. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final seven minutes or so here on the Daily Crow, taking your questions, comments, calls as well. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Um... I want to shout out, by the way, because I just got a text from our Carolina Cigars guys, our man Todd Smith, who I know 
tunes into TDC. I don't know um, if he is tuned in right now, but I've seen Todd Smith comment all the time. I've seen Todd Smith on social media. I just got a text, by the way, from our Carolina Cigars guys that Todd Smith stopped in and bought 10 cigars at Carolina Cigars in Hilton Head. How about that? So, Todd Smith, I want to say thank you. And guys, I will say this. When you support our partners and our sponsors, you are supporting TSUS. I don't just want you guys to think, like, that goes such a long way for us. I, I, like, I, like, I just cannot say enough. I cannot say enough. Cannot express enough gratitude. So, guys, thank you all so much again. Um, absolutely incredible. That was an awesome text to get. That was an awesome text to get. Hunter, yeah, I have indeed missed the YouTube chat today. I literally have not looked at the chat since uh, 1.15 because we had uh, JC on the show, and I get back on. It looks like things are going kind of crazy, so I'll let y'all have that. Uh, yeah, Bree, if you have any questions about Melon or anything, let me know. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I use it. Obviously, that's what I'm on right now. use it every single day. It's a great platform. It's a great platform. Uh, Aaron Hodges, where are the good cigars in Colombia? Um, in Colombia, I generally just go to Total Wine. I, I just I'd go to Total Wine. Um, yeah, that that was kind of the easiest. But again, guys, if you're in the Low Country, especially, or if you want your cigars delivered, you can do so. You can do so. Uh, Carolina Cigars. That is the spot to get them. They're located in Hilton Head. I tell you what, guys, Hilton Head. For those that don't know, by the way, Hilton Head. We grew up going there, my family and I. We grew up going there, and that is probably one of my it, – it's not probably – it may be my favorite place on planet Earth. One of my favorite places on planet Earth for sure. I am without a doubt going to be making a trip, booking a trip. I might do it next week. You never know. But booking a trip down to Hilton Head, just kick it at the Cigar Lounge for a few days. Like, literally, just make content, kick it at the Stogie Lounge, maybe do like a live show. Maybe we'll rock TDC from the Cigar Lounge one day just smoking a cigar. Why not? Why not? Why not? So, looking forward to it. <laughs> AJ Bowers has got my first tattoo in Hilton Head and got screwed over with my money. AJ, I hate to hear that, my guy. That uh, I hate to hear that. Hate to hear that. Anyways, let's see. Looks, I mean, again, the chat has just been, chat's been legendary today. So I'm glad you, that, that's what I love though. I love how like we'll be doing our thing or I'll be talking or what, and you guys are just going, like there's a whole separate, there's like a whole separate thing happening in the chat. I, I love that. The chat is its own world. That's where it's like, that's why it's like, you know, people will be like, Chris, they said this. It's like, you're on your own in the chat. As long as it's not like, you know, personal attacks or threats or whatever the chat giveth and the chat taketh away you're you're on your own you're on your own in the chat so so yeah <laughs> oh my goodness james kennel says love the remote tdc idea james tdc is is i mean the vibes are legendary in here obviously but it's don't you feel like it, it, it hits differently? Like it's, I don't know about, di well, differently is the right word probably, but it's just, I'm not saying it's better. It's, it's just cool to switch up the vibe. It is. 
it's cool to switch up the vibe and and just I think it's awesome to take advantage of being able to do everything remote and being able to to rock the show from remote locations. Like that's a cool thing, you know. I I think that's a dope thing. You know, eventually eventually I think the goal will probably be I don't know how we could make it work in Columbia particularly, but I don't know, like doing TDC from like a remote location outside of stadiums, like the Friday before games and stuff like that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, the remote TDC in the mountains was awesome. That, that was awesome. Yes, that was awesome. So um, just stay tuned. We, we, we might do it, man, because Hilton Head ain't that far. And that, that, hey, any excuse to go down there? I wish it wasn't so freaking cold, but I'll take it. Why wouldn't you? I'll take it. I will absolutely take it. So, anyways, guys, this has been electric. I appreciate JC Sherbert taking the time to call in, or excuse me, to come on the show. Uh, I saw somebody comment a little bit earlier about, let's see, Matt Sellers. Just wanted to say adding the daily guest to TDC was a great idea, and you picked some good ones. They all give great perspective. Matt, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's it's been awesome, and again, it's been it's been cool to watch the evolution of everything in regards to the business, but certainly the Daily Crow, the way it's evolved. I mean, I don't know if Lance players still tuned in, but I know there's many of you out there that that remember what the Daily Crow was in its infancy, me being out at a park basically going live on Periscope for like 10 minutes or so. And now we've got like a full-fledged show, a legitimate two-hour daily show. We have guests come on every single day and we have callers and we have questions and it's it's just been really really cool to uh to see the evolution of tdc and the community we have with the daily crow that's probably guys honestly been the biggest game changer the daily crow has provided is that when i started it back in tdc started in this format what really back over covid back over covid um august of 2020 the biggest game changer of it has been the fact that we've been able to build this unique community. That That's really what it comes down to. That, that's that been the most special part. Um, because a lot of different people tune in the Daily Crow, but there's a specific group of folks that comment, that call in, that contribute to the show, that, that tune in as well. So uh, thank you guys, because you guys are what make TDC what it is. I mean, truly, literally, this show is for you. If it was just me rambling, I wouldn't do it. We've already got the podcast for that. This is all about our feet, our, our back and forth interaction. It's about the guests. It's about open-ended banter. And uh, it's truly a blessing what TDC has evolved into. And what it's, I know it's going to continue to evolve into. And, and John Rice going out and makes the point. Throwback to when TDC wasn't live. Just a five to ten minute pod I listened to on my commute. Yeah. Wasn't even a pod, John. It was just a live Periscope show on Twitter. So, We've come a long way, and uh, the joy's in the journey for sure. And and uh, like I said, we're just getting started, man. That's the beauty of it. Guys, again, thank you all so much. We've hit 2 o'clock. Appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, if you missed anything on the show today, the Daily Crow will drop in podcast form on the Spurs Up Show podcast feed, which can be find on, found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Also, J.C. Sherbert's full segment will be on YouTube you guys know where to find it at this point. And again, stay tuned to social media for all of our content. Content bleeding out the eyeballs, as always. Guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. <laughs>